welcome uh, to another Sunday, another Sunday as we begin to uh, gather together as the people of God. That's what we're talking about. Last week, this week, and the next number of weeks is what that means. There's a Greek word uh, in the New Testament called ecclesia, which uh, basically describes the, the name of the word church as a gathered community. And that's what this is. That's who you are. And uh, many of you are, have chosen that this would be the gathered community of people that you would choose to journey life with. It's uh, out of obedience to the Father and, and a sense of belonging here with us, and that's absolutely brilliant. Some of you are, are our guests here this morning, and you've come, and you could have come for a number of reasons. It could simply be um, that you heard that the worship that happens here is absolutely brilliant. It could be simply that uh, you know, you've heard that this is a gathered community that, that takes seriously reaching into the wider community is, is what we do here. It could be a number of reasons. It could be that you're far from God and you are longing to reconnect that relationship with him. And uh, whatever reason or whatever season, uh, you are especially uh, welcome here as the gathered community, the people of God. We, um, I'm a bit boomy. I wonder whoever's on the sound could maybe make me a bit less boomy. That would be tremendous. Um, we, we started last week by unpacking this uh, this idea as we remind ourselves in this new season, the beginning of the year, to remind ourselves who we are as a church, what we do, and why we do what we do. And uh, if you weren't there last week, I would really encourage you to listen to what was said last week, um, just because it was quite good. And, um, <laughs> and it, was, it was good in the sense that it really outlined uh, just those things and it put out what was a very personal challenge to many of us as to well, where do I fit what is my role and responsibility as part of the body of Christ and uh, that would be absolutely tremendous we encouraged you to go away and to sign up and join a, a life group and uh, many of you have which is fantastic and uh, the rest of you who haven't yet uh, I would encourage you greatly to do that. Another area that we talked about a lot last week was your investment into the way in which you're serving, either inside the four walls or outside into the wider community. And uh, again, we would encourage you not just to be simply challenged, but to actually uh, do something there. I'm still a bit whistly. Is there any way we can... Do I change microphone? That won't do anything either. Will I... Move around. I move this way. Will that help? A wee bit. There we go. Great. Okay, so this week what I want us to talk about is who's building. And it's really important that we get this right. And, and to help me along the journey in terms of our discussion this morning, I'm going to introduce to you a number of folks. And they're going to share a little bit which ties in really, really well. So, uh, who is the builder and what is our role as laborers? Uh, modern day developments. You see housing estates being built here, there, and everywhere. And they usually have a name, don't they? It's like, oh, Broadlands, or Craiglands, or the one up the North Road, or there's other places here in Carrick. And they have a, a name, and it's usually quite fancy because they're trying to sell houses. And it's, oh, grand, oh, it'd be great to live there, and what have you. 
and they're usually based on the name that they've just called the estate. Whereas previously, years and years and years ago, sometimes some places were named by the name of the builder. So where I grew up in a lovely village in Hertfordshire, uh, we call it Hertfordshire, by the way, um, was, uh, was a village called Bovingdon where I grew up, and there was an estate called the Moody Estate. And I could tell you the names of the, of the Rye Mill Close and Ryder Close and a number of other places. I can only tell you that because I used to deliver newspapers there as a 13-year-old boy. And I, but I remember having friends in the Moody Estate, and it wasn't until years and years later, I was like, why, is it, why do we call it the Moody Estate? There's no sign that said Moody anywhere. It was called the Moody Estate because that was the name of the builder, Mr. Moody. And so, you know, we have the names of builders. At the end of Old Grange, where we live, which is a distinguished development in Carrickfergus, <laughs> it says uh, on the plaque at the end of the brick walls as you enter Old Grange, it actually sounds grander than it really is, actually. It says Williams, and he must have been the builder. Anyone know him? You do know him? Oh, cool. So, why am I saying this? The name of the builder, the person responsible and if we get nothing else from this morning, simply is this. He, Jesus, is the builder of the church. It is his church, and he is the builder. Jesus made this statement, um, a really powerful statement, after, directly, in fact, part of the conversation that he had with, G with Peter, when Peter said that Jesus was who he was, he said this to Peter, I and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Folks, there's so much going on in here. There's so much that we could say. I want to keep it brief, a number of things. First of all, he is the builder. And sometimes we can think that we're the ones responsible. And we're going to come on to that in a minute and try and unpack and try and understand what we do. But he is the chief builder. The second thing is this, that we might read a statement like that and think, actually, that's quite a defensive manner a defensive way for the church to be. Let's just briefly look at it. I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or the gates of hell in other translations, says will not overcome it. And we could read that and think, my goodness, we're on the back foot there. It's like the gates of hell, they're not going to overcome us. And actually, I think sometimes we as Christians, and sometimes the church, has actually lived out in this kind of posture, in this kind of mindset that simply says this, that if only we would gather together and love each other and be holy and godly and, and avoid certain things, we protect ourselves from the big bad world that's going on outside of it. And we become this exclusive club that we join and we just remain and we, we lose contact with anyone that might be slightly sinful or bad or do naughty things or say bad words or things like that. You understand where we're coming from here? And sometimes I think we can adopt that mindset, but it's not that at all. What Jesus is actually saying is on the offensive manner, is a more positive thing. 
in terms of taking ground. And what he does is he says to Peter and the early church, I am giving you authority of the kingdom of heaven to defeat the evil powers. So rather than being overcome by the big bad world, what Jesus is actually saying to Peter and he says to us is he gives us authority to go into a broken, hurting world with all the mess and all the sin and invade it and change it. And it, it flips everything when it comes to discipleship. Discipleship in the past has said this, that we can only, we just gather together and protect ourselves and, and really try really hard at not doing all the naughty, bad things that we're not meant to do. Whereas actually discipleship, real discipleship and the way that Jesus modeled it was imparting and empowering the kingdom of God, which is greater than he that is in the world, to go and invade and infect a broken, hurting, messed up world. And so the salt and light that Jesus has given us, that we should go and burn brightly. So when you go tomorrow to your office and they're having a natter about, oh, isn't it terrible, this, that, the other. And when you're in that private one-to-one -one conversation with such... And be salt and light. Let your light shine. Because if you know and love Jesus, he has given you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, authority. Authority. The church of Jesus is the authority in every town, village, and city of this nation. We should be the governing authority which is affecting every part of life. Everything. And we should not reduce ourselves to something that we are not. And the reason that we started this church six or so years ago was to join other bodies of Christ in this church who are already the authority of this town. There are other authorities of this town, right? We are the ones underneath the Godheadship of Jesus to be the authority that infects and invades the deep darkness of Satan and his rulership. Jesus, the chief builder, has given us great authority. Uh, Ian and Jules, why don't you start making your way out to us? Uh, uh, my apologies, we didn't get there last week. And um, I, I want them to share just something that they're going to be doing, um, starting fairly shortly. And uh, this is part of the mandate. This is part of what we think that God has entrusted to us. We don't exist just for these nice Sunday mornings. We exist for much more in our community. Morning. Okay. Um, just in a second, Jules is going to and show and, and tell what that exactly is going to look like and what we're um, going to be involved in. Um, but I just want to take a, a, a moment, I think if you need to share a vision, you also need to stir your heart a little bit. Um, uh, up a bit. Like that. Um, that means being a little bit vulnerable. And, and if you know me, I'm a kind of hard to please type of guy, but vulnerable is not really where I'm at, so bear with me. Um, 
can't think of a better, that, what Paul was saying there, I can't think of a, a better lead up to, to what it is that we want to say as Prison Leader Trust is a practical example, basically, of the, of the teaching of what Paul has just said. And last week, the, the revisiting and the re, uh, reiterating of the, the, new, the, the new vineyard core values. Um, one of the phrases that we are very uh, familiar with when we are inviting God into uh, a situation, a circumstance, a place, or whatever, is the come Holy Spirit. Um, and I can promise you now that um, before this church started today, um, during the church, I, I firmly believe there are people out there who are praying come Holy Spirit. If there's ministry afterwards, it will be come Holy Spirit. And also like prayer groups and, and any other thing, um, life groups and any other things that we interact with in the, in the, in the week, what we have learned is come Holy Spirit. What we believe um, and where we are at is that we think that God is saying come Holy People. And he is inviting us out to his meetings and to the places that he is attending. Um, the word became flesh and, and dwelt among us. We heard this at Christmas. And what that looked like was messy places hard places, dark places, difficult places, that's where Jesus was. And we believe that that's where Jesus wants us to be as a church. Come, holy people, into these dark places. Give life, give salt, give hope. We are our time. We want it to be reformed. We want it to be changed, renewed, hope-given. So we're going to add some practicality to that. Um, and we invite you to come on this journey with us. Okay, so God has planted a vision in our hearts. Um, and I know that loads of you share this vision with us. We want to see our town revived. We want to see lives restored. We want to see people healed. We want to see people meeting Jesus. And like just completely changed. Um, so like when you, when you speak a vision like that, it's like, whoa, so where do you start? But God's given us a smaller version of the vision, but we believe that it's going to grow and grow. But we're going to start um, on a Friday night, every Friday night, we're going to set up a little cafe in venue 29, we think. Um, it's going to be a base for what we're doing. Um, and what we're doing is sending teams out onto the streets to treasure hunt and pray with people. Um, we believe that God always shows up and we believe that God always tells us where to go. Um, so we'll spend time in God's presence before we hit the streets and we'll bring his presence onto the streets. He will tell us where to go. He will tell us who to go to. We have no doubt about that. Um, and we're so excited because we know that we are talking to people who want to see our time revived as well. And we have no doubt that there's loads of you sitting there, your heart is stirring and you're going, yes, I love it, I love it. Um, but you're maybe going, but that's not for me. There'll be people that will do that because I haven't a clue what to do. Let me tell you, nor have we. We don't need to know. We just need to know Jesus. We need to trust that he knows what to do. And we need to step out in faith to follow him. All you need to be is someone who loves Jesus. And someone who believes that Jesus wants to change lives. He wants to revive our town. He wants to completely turn things around. He is the king of Carrick Fergus. And we are determined to claim that on our streets. So we're going to call the ministry revived. Taken from these verses... This is our prayer for Carrick Fergus. Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. 
We want our time revived. We want to see salvation. We want to see lives completely changed. And we're asking you to join us. We're asking you to come on this journey with us. Um, you can't do this on your own. We do it with God, obviously, but we need you guys as well. So, um, we uh, yes, one more thing to say about, I haven't said much about it really, have I? So, the little cafe that we're going to open up, really, there'll be people out in the street, sharing Jesus, praying for folk, and it's somewhere to bring people back to, just to continue the conversation, invite them back to follow and to learn more. Um, it's also somewhere that you can come. It's not a social hangout, so don't be thinking happy days, free coffee on a Friday night. That's not what it's for. If you are having intentional conversations with someone in your life, someone that you're discipling or leading to Jesus, and you want to be in a place that is soaked with prayer and filled with the Holy Spirit, then get yourselves down to the cafe on a Friday night. That's what it's for. There will always be people there praying. Um, we're not sending anyone out onto the street without a prayer anchor in, in the, the venue. So if that's what you feel you could do, come and join us. If you're good at making coffee, come and join us. If you're prepared to step out onto the streets and talk about Jesus, come and join us. And again, just quickly, you don't need to be that brave. We're not that brave. But when we get together and go together, it's incredible how much courage rises up. So I just want to say to you, don't think, well, I just tremble the whole time I couldn't do that. We were really blessed to run the life group in the summer with Matt, and it was along these lines. And I honestly, Ian's braver than me, I honestly, at the start, was thinking, right, Lord, here goes for a summer of terror. <laughs> That's really what I was thinking. But honestly, it was not that. Yes, there's moments when you have to find that courage somehow. But let me tell you, when you see God working and you see God moving and you follow his voice and you see incredible things happening, that terror just is, it's not there. Um, the enemy tries to get in. He tries to tell you you're not good enough, but it's lies. And that's why we do this together, because we can encourage each other, we can support each other, and we can find courage that we never knew we had. So um, I want to invite you, if you're interested in finding out more, obviously come and chat to us. But on Friday the 3rd of February, um, at 8 o'clock, we're going to have a reinformation night down in venue 29. So this is just a chance for us to really share the vision that God's put in our hearts, to maybe tell you a little bit about how we've got here. Um, and to answer any questions you might have, to talk a little bit more about what this is going to look like, but also to really lean into God and like just give it all to Him um, and spend some time together praying and just getting excited because we totally believe that this is a start. It's a small start, but it's going to go somewhere. There's lives are going to be changed. We don't know what is going to come out of this, but we believe that God is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. And I don't know about you, I can imagine some pretty awesome stuff. And God is way better than that. So that's your invite. Please do come and talk to us. Please do join us on that Friday night. Even if you think you can't be part of it, but you're interested in finding out more, come along, come along and hear about it. Um, and we also have a really exciting opportunity um, to launch this with a little bit of help. And Ian's going to tell you more about that. Okay. So, if you are a um, you know, audible person and you want to take note of a couple of dates, or you want to get your phones out, or you want to write some stuff, stuff down, whatever is your thing for remembering. Um, so, Joe said we're going to have an information night to explain more about this on the Friday the 3rd. 
um, and the idea then is to kick this off the following Friday on the 10th and to help launch that. We're really excited. We've got some guys from Dungannon Vineyard coming down on the 4th, and that's a Saturday. So those of you who thought we were going out under the cover of dark and you might not be recognized, think, think, think again, okay? So as Phil said, we, we believe in God where possible. Um, and when we give our lives to him initially, what we were basically saying is we trust you. And nothing has changed and nothing will change. We trust him. So come on uh, Friday, or sorry, Saturday the 4th. Team will be down from the uh, Dungannon Vineyard at about 12 o'clock. We'll spend probably two, three hours out on the street on a busy Saturday afternoon um, proclaiming Jesus as King. Um, sorry? They're leaving, yeah, they're leaving, leaving there at 11. They'll be with us at about 12. So um, as Phil said, you know, we, we, we're, we're not necessarily great people. We're not like Mr. Cure. Paul said that. We're, we're not Holy Joes. Um, come and hear from people who have done this. Their, their, their service is called Big Serve Saturday where they go out and they serve the community. So come and be part of that. See how it's done and see how Jesus always shows up in those circumstances. Give those guys a round of applause, would you? <laughs> Ian and Jules, as you know, those of you who know them, they are ordinary people who are seeking to live extraordinary lives and they're just being obedient to what the Father has shared with them. And uh, by going along, you're not signing up to the next five years of every Friday night. The next five years, that's not how it works. It's like everything else that we do. There'll be some of you who will sign up and get on board on that and will commit, like, because you'll just love it. You'll do it every single Friday. But there'll be some of you who are just like, you know what, I could, uh, maybe once a month I could go do that. And again, that's absolutely fine. Those guys would love to hear from you. So speak to them, get along to that on Friday the 3rd. When we started the church, we wanted to give away financially um, some money from the income that you were giving to God through the church. We wanted to give some of that away. Some of you already know this, but those of you for the benefit of those who don't know this, we give 5% of our income to uh, Vineyard Churches UK and Ireland, and that resources the wider vineyard movement across UK and Ireland. Uh, we committed to giving 5% locally, which I'm going to come on to in a minute, and 5% internationally. We support, as many of you know, Stand By Me, and you're going to hear a bit about Stand By Me in a moment. But the, the local thing, what we chose to do at the very beginning was to support and partner uh, a fantastic, wonderful organization, an agency which many of you have been a part of. Jessica, who's here, uh, actually started it. Chantel worked for it at one point in time. Um, there is a wonderful organization called the Relationship Resource Center, which exists in Carrickfergus. Lynn McKenzie, who's a good friend of ours, who's very much involved with uh, Carrick Community Church, which is a wonderful church in the very heart of Sunnylands, um, is gonna come and share just some of their work of what they do in the lives in the community of Carrickfergus. So why don't you come and share? Thanks very much for having me today. I, I always love coming along to this church because there are so many friends and people that I would consider family from past and present here. And yeah, so today I'm going to share a little bit about the work that, as Paul rightly said, Jessica started. I worked with Chantelle. She interviewed me, and I'll say this first because I'm a crier, and the very first time I met Chantelle, for an interview I cried, I think, at her. <laughs> about 
because God just touches my heart for people, and I'll probably start quite soon. <laughs> but I just love people, and I love the potential people have, and I love that, as Paul said, we have the authority to bring God's truth and God's hope to people. And so through this work, um, we have a great uh, method, I guess, of getting into people's lives that maybe sometimes through the church venue and media we don't have, but God has set this up through many wonderful people, and I'll share a little bit about it with you. If we could go on to the next slide for me. So when we first started, um, we were crisis pregnancy, which means um, women who were affected by pregnancies that they didn't intend to have, maybe not sure what choices to make, not sure what choices they had, where to go to for help and support. And there's lots of people in this room today um, who were involved with myself and Chantelle as volunteers, and who met with those women and offered hope, um, offered a time and a space to talk about you know, what's really going on between their head and their heart. And that's still really a valuable part of our service. But through the years, I guess what we noticed is Harwich Fergus is quite a small, clammy town, is what I would describe it as. The communities are great. Um, women know where the support is. Uh, families in the area who have been here for generations can remind each other. And so that level of work, while it's still really necessary, wasn't enough for us to sustain in some of the other centres that are in Northern Ireland, sadly, closed. So God started to develop what we do, and these are the areas that we developed into. Education, so we're involved in schools. This is Mercer's here, we, we teach some of her classes. Um, the teachers are always Mrs and Mr to me because they don't want to slip in class and <laughs> say the wrong thing. Um, sexual health, which would be we give advice on STIs and contraception. Uh, we have mental health support, which would be really underpinning our miscarriage and post-abortion work. And then community programs, which would have been the more recent thing where we would work within the likes of Shirtha with Andrew and some of the other girls and uh, we get some parenting programs and we were doing GBs and BBs, deliverance and programs. And that was how we functioned for quite a while, but I suppose really what we felt was God was sort of stretching that out and separating it and that although crisis pregnancy will always be at the heart of what we do, it's not the main work. And we had to look to where we put our resources with our people and our time and our advertising and what we were promoting, you know, out and around in the community. So we took some time with God and at that stage we were called the Pregnancy Resource Centre. And I guess maybe for Ian going into schools and talking to six-year boys about genital conditions, that doesn't really line up, you know, with, with pregnancy and, and some of the other programs that we ran. Um, and that's the level of some of the work that we do. Um, so God led us to splitting it into three areas of work. And if we could go to the next slide. Sorry, it might be a little bit small. So as you can see, crisis pregnancy and everything that we did, we still do. And we believe that as time goes on, well, we know that like goes through storms, there's changes ahead. And... If anybody's connected with Care for the Family and Care, you'll, you'll get the emails about how many times the abortion law that we changed has gone up before Stormont. So we know that the tide is likely going to turn at some point. And so we want to remain um, a pillar in the community for that where people can come for help when the choices that they don't have now will maybe become more available to them. And so through that, there's the crisis pregnancy support, pregnancy testing and counselling. Uh, a little bit of a funny story. Uh, we don't buy our pregnancy tests from the medical suppliers anymore because we were cheaper in home bargains. And when home bargains opened, um, we discovered that our, drop our clientele really dropped. People didn't want to come to us anymore for a free test because they can get three for a pound. So just in case anybody needs to know, you can get three for a pound in home bargains. Or you can still come to me and get it free and we'll give you a cup of coffee. And you don't need to go to the Percy Centre toilets and do that by yourself. Um, and that's, that's a really big part of what we do, is that we give time to explore the options. Um, and that's there. Um, then we go into the sexual health, which is the green area. It's the STI and contraception advice. So our advisors are trained 
and um, we're trying to do that step to deliver that information. We don't tell people what they should do and say, this is the right one for you, but we, we look at all the options and what's there and what might fit people's lives the best. And the same with Section SPIs, education programs, we're still very much doing the sexual health work. So we would um, begin a first year in puberty, which I would do in this room uh, once a year with ID with the girls, the input to boys. So we talk about periods, we talk about washing, we talk about products. Uh, with the boys, we talk about washing, washing, washing. Um, talk about changing your clothes it's really really um it's practical and it's stuff that i think the mummies and daddies should pay a little bit more for because we do we do a good message on your behalf on that um i have two teenagers here 19 and 17 so i would like to say i'm at the other end of that but i'm still preaching the washing and changing your clothes message at home as well so um sometimes that doesn't change so yeah that would be we start with first year and we work up to fourth year then and then i call it first and fourth year because if you're like me you're not turned over to the new year at nine and ten so i keep those i, I do the old way and uh, fourth year we look at relationships so we look at self-esteem identity uh, we have a really great session we look at relationships and we really pull apart what is a relationship starting with friendship best friends romantic relationships and it gives young people a chance to really pick apart what would i like out of a relationship apart from you know, the daydream that i have in my head what i see in the movies or whatever um, what's important to me? What aspects of that is, are important to me? How do I go about detecting that? Because we all have, maybe you can think back to when you were a teenager and some of you still are, we think we know what we want. But my message always is, in the heat of the moment, in the dark, we know what we want, we can do something different. So it's important for young people to, I guess, decide what their boundaries are before the heat of the moment, in the dark. Because after things happen, that the other side of us just takes over and then we end up with regret and shame and, and just finding ourselves in a place that we didn't intend to be in. So there's a really important uh, lesson that we take with young people on that one. And then we go again into contraception SPIs and that's always a fun lesson. We have a contraception kit so tomorrow morning I'll be in the glamour with the kit and we just open the kit and talk through all the stuff. Uh, we have a condom model which is a nice way to put it. Um, we have great fun with that and the beer goggles and how do you read the date and the sell by date on condoms and things like that. So really important stuff that sometimes as adults, as married, we don't really think about. Does the date matter? Can you buy them from home bargains? Um, are they safe if you buy them from home bargains because they're cheap? Can you buy them off eBay? All those sorts of questions we answer. And that's all is yes. Check the sell by date. Uh, check the, the British Safe Standard uh, Mark Freedom Institute holiday. So sort of a bit of advice for anybody who wants to know. Um, then we, with fourth years also, we have a really great program called Connected. Um, it is about online safety. It's about porn addiction. It's about the law. It's about sexting, which is sending naked pictures. And it was great that we were, we were called into the school to look at these issues because of things that were happening in schools already. And um, there's not really programs like that about at the time. There wasn't anywhere. There probably are more now. So we've uh, built up a really great reputation with the school to be able to come and deliver these services. We deliver them fairly cheaply, um, and I'll speak to you a bit about that at the end. Um, and then the last one, which is new, is the blue section. It's our family life. We started parent support groups. Sad to say, they've not been going very well, and it's just been me by myself having a cup of coffee. But what we have found is that people are dropping in directly to the centre and getting one-to-one -one support for families. So we're not too sad about that. We are getting to know the families. We've got our parenting programmes, which were already in existence. So we have a two-mum programme. Sandra, I think I have a funding for that. We've been praying about getting funding for that, which is brilliant. And um, we have a young mum program, 
a new mum programme, and we're hoping to work on a dad's programme. Um, and those will go out into the community where we can just get an opportunity to deliver those. And then as you can see in some of the colours, uh, we've got counselling, and that's the newest thing. What we found, and a lot of the advisors um, who are here that used to work with us and still are, um, will know that when someone comes for one piece of advice or support and one service, it's never just that one thing. You know, it always goes into other areas. And while I understood and we understood that we were safe when we talked about post-abortion, when we talked about miscarriage, all that other stuff was coming out. And, you know, to, make, to keep us ethically right, I felt that it was important that we went into the same. So at that time, we had a couple of other counsellors working with us, which was brilliant. I went and trained and um, became a qualified counsellor just in the spring term as well, which is a bit of a journey too. But And it's something that I didn't know that I would do. Um, in church, I was very involved in prayer ministry and inner healing, and that was always my, God can do it in three, three hours, so we don't need to go for six months of counselling. And God showed me that he can do both, obviously, and that was a narrow mindset that I had. And I really, I love what Paul was saying about our authority, because I really believe in that. And as Christians, I think we don't understand what our authority is, and we don't take our authority. And, you know, we are God's spokespeople on earth, and that's not to say that God loves us, but to say that God can see you come and say come with us and we'll show you how that works uh, and so through counselling you can do that and you can get to connect with people that, that maybe wouldn't come to our churches or wouldn't come to inner healing or prayer ministry it's just another way that, that God has uh, equipped us as the church to be able to offer to people so that is us in a nutshell who we are now and um, as Ian and Jules have said it's really important to, to share about why we do what we do and if you go to the next slide um, this is where I always cry or cry I guess um, when I was 18, this was part of the word that God put in my heart. I guess the how I was going to live my whole life. Um, Isaiah 58, I'm going to read it and I'll come to the conclusion. But Those from among you shall build the old waste places. They will raise up the foundations of many generations. You'll be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. That's always wet to me there. You know, God has put that in my heart, but it's not just me, obviously. Um, that we have a chance to restore the foundations of generations, not just the individuals who come into my life here. Um, and uh, that's, that's for us. I'm not special. You know, I'm sorry that Ian and Jules have said that. And I'm just a gentleman who's ordinary from Carrick. But I'm not ordinary from Carrick. I'm God's ordinary from Carrick. I have his authority. I have this behind me. And I've lived my life so poor way since I was a teenager. I've made many mistakes. I've been divorced. I've remarried, I've been rejected to church, married somebody younger, and you know, I've been through all that, but those things don't matter, this is what matters, and uh, I just feel so privileged that uh, God would use us, God would use folks like yourselves, who are ordinary, who have had crappy lives, who have made mistakes, who have done stuff, but you can stand and say, I'm here because of God, and so I would really challenge you as well to sign up for the things that's on offer in this church, I signed up work with Chantel via an email from somebody I didn't know and I always wanted to work in this area never knew that it happened in Carrick and then I just got this email and thought I'm going to do that because that's part of this that's part of what God's calling me to so I've been there ever since I started Sarah Clavin warned me when you cover maternity leave for Chantel you might be there for a bit longer <laughs> and it didn't happen the first time I'd happen the second time <laughs> and then I got the email or the chat oh that's the meeting to Corrine <laughs> But it was brilliant because that was the door that God was opening for me. This young mother who was gifted. I mean, I was working from the church at the time. I thought I'd be there forever. And I still do that now on the, the back burner. But, um, but anyway, I'm rambling on. 
last slide is, um, if you could put it up, ways you can get involved. Paul was very tactful this morning when he talked to you about your giving sheet. And I was really glad because I'm not comfortable talking about giving. Um, I work for a charity and I guess we, well, we give our services out for free to a point, but um, we need money to keep going. So that's one way you can get involved is money. We're putting together a wee campaign. Uh, we will hopefully see it around Facebook. It's sort of a way come up, we'll open all day. You need five pence a month to pay for this amount of work. And we're trying to work a wee bit of it out at this point. Ten pounds a month to pay for a counselling session for somebody. Um, it costs one pound um, for every pupil that we get in every lesson. Um, so if you feel that there's any way you can give towards that, and there's so many of you in this church that do, and as a body you do, so we really appreciate that. But if you feel this is some way to get involved, um, I have a, I've been blessed with a job that supplies extra then if you feel you could do that, you can speak to me afterwards if we do it. There's lots of other ways you can get involved as a volunteer. You can come and help us in school. You can pray for us, which is such a massive thing. Um, volunteers all come from different churches so and it can be quite hard to get us all together to pray at once because church leaders know people who are busy in churches or people who are busy in churches and it can be hard to get us all together so but we pray and um, we send prayer letters out as well so if you'd like to be on that list to know what's going on with us as we change and as we do it um, you can see up there sexual health advice crisis pregnancy advice parent support community program facilitator a lot of it's daytime work um, so and I get that doesn't really a lot of people but if there's anything that's just tickling in your heart and you think oh, I would love to do that just like when I got that email you know then come and speak to me um, I'm not going to go off and I don't want maternity leave so you're not going to end up with my job because that's the sort of work um, scores enough for me um, but please do come and chat afterwards if you think I'd love just to do something or hear more come and chat and uh, thanks for supporting us and thanks for having me thank you Salt and light. Isn't that right? What's going on right there? Um, we're, we're, of course, we're absolutely pro-relationship, healthy relationship. And uh, some of the things that uh, Lynn's kind of discussing and sharing, and I'm thinking, like, mm, we're in church. <laughs> Whether we like it or not, the reality of what's happening in the real world, right? Whether we agree with what's happening. favor with schools and other agencies and uh, we highly commend you we champion you and what you're doing and if you want to partner in any of these ways please do we can ask you uh, time is upon us we have one more event and two we also contribute as a body and i know that many of you in your positions contribute as individuals so stand by me johnny has uh, updated the video that we wanted you to watch so Enjoy. You've helped us provide all our kids with a quality education, equipping them with the knowledge and skills they need to pursue their dreams. Together, we've celebrated both the small triumphs and major achievements of our kids around the world.
Our children's homes have continued to be filled with fun, laughter and love, encouraging each of our kids to know they have a place where they belong. With your support, two meals a day has kept our kids thriving. We've watched them grow taller and stronger, which calls for fresh new uniforms. And as our kids learn how to stand on their own two feet, you amazed us by purchasing a pair of shoes for every one of our kids, making sure those feet are protected every step of the way. Throughout the year, we were able to support families to stay healthy and become more sustainable, changing communities a little at a time. Because of your support, our kids have felt loved and we want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has made that possible. Whether it's been saving pocket money, sponsoring a child or spending time on a team, we've been blown away by all the different ways you've impacted our kids. When disaster strikes, you've helped us respond quickly by bringing essential supplies to communities affected by flooding in Burma and Colombia. This Christmas, 82 families impacted by the earthquake in Nepal had a place to call home. Thank you for making 2016 an incredible year for our kids. Together, we've been able to achieve so much. excited as a team from this church going to be going out there at Easter in April and you're going to hear a lot more about that wonderful event. We get to flex. Who's the main builder? It's we are laborers and he's inviting us to mix the carpenters and lay the bricks with him as the main builder. But it's important that we join in with what he's doing. We've never become a church that becomes more like a monument, but always remains as a movement, always moving in where we see God working. That we don't construct man-made structures and systems and committees and organizations or whatever it might be that thwart or get in the way of what God is wanting to do. May we not get in the way. May we just lift our hands put our shoulders to the wheel where he is already working the psalmist writes unless the Lord builds the house the builders labor in vain and we must not chase after things or do things that we just think is a good idea or what we think is what we think but partnering always with the Father who is our hope and let's pray that we'll all get that